Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Welcome to TC. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus. Man, we are so excited to have you guys with us today. And we're in the Family Matters series, and our creative team is just a ridiculous bunch of nuts. And so they put that together. And uh, they were like, hey, we're going to film you on the golf course today. And I was like, what exactly does that mean, right? <laughs> there we have it. All right, so welcome. Turn to your neighbor and say, welcome. All right, it's good to have all of you guys. We're in the Family Matters series, like I said. And so, uh, man, growing up, me and Pastor Justin were really close. Uh, I've known uh, him since I was about 11 years old. And we had this group of friends we all grew up with, and we all hung out, and we all did things. We definitely shouldn't have been doing. We're not going to deal with that today. But one of the stories I will tell you, we, a bunch of us were all out skateboarding. Back in the early 2000s, kids, you may not believe this, but our parents let us just run rampant around the city. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and so I remember my buddy's mom dropped us off at the mall. His name was Bobby. And uh, so Bobby's mom drops us at the mall. We skateboarded from the mall down Airport Boulevard, almost to Davis Highway. So a few miles. Um, and so no cell phones, no nothing, really. Uh, I don't know what our parents were thinking back then, but... And uh, so we were skateboarding. We found this one spot. Uh, by the way, Justin wasn't skateboarding with us. He just knows the people I was skateboarding with. Okay, so, so, so we were like, Justin was skateboarding? No, he was not skateboarding. But we were all hanging out, and so we're down skateboarding, and, uh, and one of my buddies, he keeps missing this trick, so he gets mad, throws a skateboard. It hits this privacy pen, uh, fence around this retention pond. And the guy that was living next to it comes out. He's screaming at us, cussing at us. And the worst thing you can do to a group of teenagers is start screaming and cussing at them. Because what do you think we're going to do next? Some worse, right? And so, uh, by the way, so it's me, my brother Tommy, which he's a knucklehead in and of himself. My buddy Bobby, my friend Jimbo, and my friend Maurice. Now, out of this crew... We got my brother, me, who became a pastor, my buddy Bobby, who became a pastor, my friend Maurice, who became a famous rapper. That's not Christian music for the record. And then so like, so there's, yeah, it's a big deal. And then Jimbo, who's, he's still the hothead he was before. Anyway, so it was a whole like thing going on. So he comes at us, he's cussing at us. He's like, I'm calling the cops. So we destroyed, they destroyed this fence. And so he's like, I'm calling the cops. And so as soon as he says cops, we're out. All right. So we take off. We got to go up this giant hill. Right. And so I, for the record, I've never been the most athletic person in my friend group. Okay. So, so all of them are like super skinny. They take off running and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like trying to keep up. And so I'm, I'm running and they take off. We run across the parking lot, all these parking lots. We made it from almost Davis Highway to Washington High School, which is like almost, probably almost a mile. And like, so we're running and we're trying to get away. And uh, all of a sudden we see the cops looking. And so they're like, they're probably, uh, probably a hundred yards in front of me at this point. And it hits me. They're looking for a group of skateboarders. And the group is over there. And I'm over here. So I see a guy pumping gas at the gas station, and I just roll up to him and start talking to him like I'm with him. So I'm like, how you doing, sir? You doing all right today? Oh, yeah, I'm great. I'm like, cool, can I wash your windshield? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and they try to jump a fence at the high school. The cops catch them. And as soon as the cops catch them, I just start walking down the road. And I'm looking at them. They're looking at me. I'm like, ha-ha, fella. So, you know, natural selection worked in reverse this time. Anyway, so... So anyways, the cop is like arresting them and they're putting them in handcuffs. I mean, we're all teenagers, but they, they put them in handcuffs like they were 
Yeah, and so all of a sudden I see Bobby's mom coming to pick them up. She sees me, stops on the side of the road. I get in the passenger seat. She literally drives 150 feet around the corner, and I get out with her like I've been with her the whole time. Next to the cops. And so they're all looking at me, and the cop's like, you fellas need to, like, you got to behave yourselves. You know better than this. I'm like, yes, sir, they do. This is just, it's crazy. It's, you know, and I'm pointing at them. All that to say is, how many guys know the relationships you have around you matter? They matter, right? In that case, I let those relationships move enough yardage in front of me that they didn't hurt me nearly as bad, all right? So, but we all know relationships in our lives matter. And here's a question that I have for you. Are the relationships in your life, right? Do, do, are your relationships making you better and making you worse? Are the people that you have around you making you better or are you making you worse? Because we all need a helping hand in life, am I right? We've all been in those places in life where we needed someone around us that could help us, Right? Here's a question I want you to ponder. They're going to put it on the screen for me. Do I truly have the people in my life that are helping making me more Christ-like? Do I truly have the people in my life that are helping me become more Christ-like? Because that's the real question we want to have, right? So how many of you guys know we all have a desire in our heart to try to like pursue Jesus, try to live like Jesus? If, if we're saved, that is part of our call in our life. I don't know about you, sometimes I have a hard time doing that. Because I don't have Jesus standing in front of me, sometimes my behavior looks a lot more like me than it does like him. Come on, help me out. Anybody? Right? Some of you, look at the person next to you, but he's talking to you right now. Okay? So sometimes it looks a lot more like me than it does like Jesus. Because sometimes it's hard to imagine what that looks like. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, he says, I tell you what, when you can't understand what Jesus would do, imitate me as I imitate Christ. In other words, sometimes we need people around us that are going to help us become more Christ-like because we don't always in that season have it in us to pursue it ourselves. This is the reason why having the right people around us is very important because sometimes we're going to need a helping hand, right? And so when I look at the Bible, there's one relationship that when I look at it, I feel like most of us can probably resonate with. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. It's this relationship between Jesus and Peter. Now, if you know your Bible very well, Peter is the absolute knucklehead of the whole Bible. All right? So if you're, probably, if you're sitting there and you've ever been in a situation with a friend circle and you're like, man, I really hope someone doesn't speak up and say something stupid right now, Peter would have done it. If you're ever in a situation where you're like, everyone just be still and don't, like, agitate anybody, Peter would not have done that. He would have, he's the agitator, he's the loudmouth, he's all those things. And we see this relationship between Jesus and Peter, and there's two different components, two different parts of the Bible where they, where they kind of have these connections that I want to highlight today because I believe we can see what type of relationships we're supposed to have based on the way Jesus and Peter interacted. And so I want to give you kind of four things, which is going to lead into a fifth that we can see that are necessary components that we need to have in our life, right? Because we need Jesus in our life, but sometimes we need people that can help imitate Jesus in our lives. We all know that's important, right? And the very first thing that we're going to need in our life is you're going to need someone that extends grace to you. You're going to need someone that extends grace to you. Have you ever had a friend let you down? Seven, eight, nine. Two. I said, have you ever had a friend let you down? Okay, right. So I was like, y'all have great friend circles. 
I need to be in y'all's friends. Okay. <laughs> no, we've all had friends let us down. And how many, if you were honest, would say that when someone lets you down, you reacted, you didn't always react the best way. They didn't call you back. They didn't text you back. They didn't do what they said they were going to do. How many of you have ever let someone down? How many of you expected more grace for yourself than you were willing to give to somebody else? You see, we need friends in our life that extend grace to us because we are going to fail the people around us sometimes. We're going to fail ourselves sometimes, and we're going to fail God sometimes. And we need people that extend grace to us because I'm not always going to get it right. Turn to your neighbors, I'm not going to get it right all the time. So when people come to church here, sometimes people come from other churches and they have bad things to say about the pastor that they came from or the friend circles they came from. And I tell them fresh out the gate, I'm like, listen, don't put me on that pedestal because I will mess something up eventually. I will hurt your feelings eventually. I, my, someone on my team will accidentally not get back with you the way they said they would. And if you're putting us on a pedestal, listen, bring us back down. Because we're going to need grace because we all need people to extend grace to us. And there's a story in Luke chapter 22 where Jesus and Peter are sitting at a table together. And Jesus tells all of his disciples, he says, he says listen, uh, like, I, I'm, about to, I'm about to die. I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I have to go to the crowd. Like, he's he's kind of walking them through all of these things. And he says a few things. First of all, he says, one of you will betray me. And every one of them at the table was like, not me. Now, if he said one of you, surely that means one of you. But all of them were like, no, not me. You know, I'm, I'm not doing it. And Peter, of course, the loud mouth out of all of them was like, absolutely not. It'll never be me, right? And this is what Jesus tells Peter. He says, Jesus, he said, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows three times. In other words, before tomorrow morning, you will deny me. Or before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. He says, before tomorrow morning, you're going to deny me. When I need you the most, you're going to deny me. When things get as bad as they can get and I need friends, you're going to deny me. When it's the darkest hour of my life and I need you, you're going to deny me. And you know what Jesus did next? Ate with him. Now, I don't know about you, I don't have that much room at my table. <laughs> Come on. Someone tries to sit down next to you. No, 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 no. That's reserved for a better friend than you, okay? You know what I'm talking about? Like, <laughs> Jesus looks at him, and what does he do? He gives him grace because he knows he's not going to live up to the standard that Jesus wished he did. But he still acts at him and says, I still love you. You're going to deny me, but that's okay, Peter. I'm giving you grace. And in our life, we need people around us that they, when they let us down and when we let them down, grace is extended. We need to be in friend circles. We need communities where grace is extended. But here's the deal. You can only really extend grace properly when you know someone, which means we need to be connected in relationship. The reason Jesus and Peter had this relationship, the reason grace existed is because they were connected relationally before they needed grace, Right? Now, that's the reason why your coworker can come at you sideways and you're like, don't talk to me like that. Oh, don't y'all look at me like that. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Because you need to have a connection with someone if you're going to extend grace to them 
So we, we have to follow in this pattern. We see Jesus and Peter, they're connecting in this way, right? But you don't just need someone that's going to extend grace to you. You also, you need someone that is praying for you. You need someone in your life. Let me just help you out. You need someone in your life that you know is bringing your name into the throne room of God every day. You need someone that's praying for you. That's why, that's why groups, small groups at TC are so, such a big deal. Every small group leader at Transformation Church has made a promise to take the name of every person in their small group before God every day. That means if you're in a small group, someone is praying for you by name in the heavenly realm before God himself that he would protect you, bless you, and take care of you. I don't know about you. I need that. That's why I joined four. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to quadruple dip in this thing. (laughs) We all need that in our life. Am I right? We need someone praying for us. And this happens with Jesus and Peter at the same table. So the same, they're in the same scenario. We go back to Luke chapter 22, right? Verses 31 through 32. When we go there, we see that he's talking to him. And as Jesus is telling them, hey, listen, it's about to get hard. It's about to get difficult. Things are going to get bad. Things are going to get ugly. You're going to need help, right? He says, all of you are going to go through hard times, and I'm telling you it's going to get really, really difficult. And Peter speaks up, and he goes, no matter what, I'll never betray you. No matter, it's never going to get hard enough. And this is how Jesus responds. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. In other words, he wants to run you through the ringer. He says, but I have prayed for you, Simon. Listen, you need someone that's praying for you. Can I just be honest with you today? The enemy has just as much of a plan for your life as God does. And you need someone that's praying that God's leading you more than the enemy is taking you away. He says, he said, the situation, but I prayed for you, Simon. And this is, what I, this is what I love about Jesus, but it's so incredibly frustrating. Because Jesus didn't say, but you know what? No harm is going to come to your dwelling place. You know what? The enemy has a plan for you, but he's never going to touch you. The enemy has something he set into motion, but I'm here to tell you, it's not going to work out. He's never, no hardship. You're never going to have to walk through pain. You're never going to have to walk through trials. You're never going to have to walk through. I know the enemy's trying to come to your house, but hear me, you're never going to have to go through difficult stuff. That's not what he said. I pray that your faith won't fail. (laughs) Could you imagine? I'm looking at Jesus like, what? Oh, so you can create all things, but you can't stop this? Can we get real for a second? How many of us go through difficult seasons and we're going, we're, we're leveraging what we've done for God against God to be the reason why we don't deserve to be going through this. Oh, God, God, I can't, you know, I've been giving, I've been serving, I've been doing these things, I've taken care of these people, I've done these things, I've given money to that organization, I've, I've served, I've given my life to, I've, I've done, I've done, I've done, I've done, and what are we doing? We're telling God all the things we've done as a reason why we don't deserve to go through the pain we're going through. But I'm here to tell you, what if the pain you're going through is the very thing you're going to show somebody else why God's still faithful even when it hurts? Jesus looks at him and says, I've prayed that your faith won't fail. Now, if, if, if you're anything like me, I'm going, God, I know my faith won't fail because you're going to get me out, right? <laughs> God's going, no, 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 I just, you're going to go through it. I just pray that you're not going to, don't let your faith fail. Keep trusting in me even when it gets hard. 
And they're like, but why has it got to get hard, though, when you do this? Why has it got to get hard, though? (laughs) I pray that your faith, I want you to remain faithful even when the times seem faithless. That's what, God, that's what Jesus tells Peter. But listen, he doesn't just stop there when he says, I pray that your faith won't fail. He says, then I want you, once you've learned what you need to learn through the difficulty, he says, then turn back and strengthen your brothers. Because the reason you go through what you go through isn't just so that you can go through something. It's so that the person that you've been telling God is good for the last three years, when they see you endure hard times and you remain faithful to the Lord, they know he's really real because you trusted him in the good times and in the bad. So, so we, we remain faithful and our faith doesn't fail because it's a part of our testament that God really is who he says we, we he, he is who we say he is. And we need to tell that. But then there's this other thing that's happening here in the verse that I think we can really pay attention to because Jesus is looking at Peter, but he doesn't call him Peter, does he? Who does he call him? Simon. So why is Jesus calling Peter Simon? And, and Jesus did this constantly, which I think is so interesting about Jesus because when when Jesus called Simon away from the nets where he was fishing he said come I want to make you a fisher's man. He, said, he said come with me because I don't want you to fish anymore I want you to come fishers of men he called Simon but turned him into Peter right but every time Peter started acting like Simon he started calling him Simon so every time Peter would start doubting again, every time Peter would start behaving differently, every time Peter would start getting into his feelings, Jesus would look at him and say, Simon. And that was, his, that was Jesus' way of saying, hey, brother, you're turning into the old you again. And we laugh, but how many of us need somebody to go, hey, brother, you're turning into the old you again. I thought, hey, listen, we've been through this. We don't talk to our wife that way. Hey, sister, hey, we've talked about this. That's not how we honor our husbands as Christians. Hey, hey, that's not how we communicate with people when we're frustrated. Hey, we don't go into fits of rage at our workplace. Hey, what do we need? We need someone that's praying for us, but we also need someone to tell us, hey, Peter, you're acting like Simon again. Problem is, I don't particularly care for that. Help me out. Anybody, anybody just love people correcting you, telling you to get it together? How about you get it together? How about that? <laughs> but what do we need? This is why we have to have somebody, and this is why we don't just need someone that's going to give grace to us. We don't just need someone that's going to pray for us, but we also need someone that's going to call you out of the boat. We need someone that's going to call us out of the boat. You see, Jesus extended grace to Peter. He prayed for Peter. But he also reminded Peter when he started acting like Simon, that's not who you are anymore. But how many of us are tempted to go back to the old us when things get hard? Come on, help me out. Anybody ever set you off before and you had flashbacks before Jesus? Come on, your BC days before Christ? Come on. You just I remember what I would have done if that person stepped in front of me like that. Right? What happens? You go back to those BC days and you need someone that's going to remind you, hey, come on, Simon. That's not how we act anymore. Come back to Peter, which is why you need someone to call you out of the boat. What is the boat? Boat is comfortability, right? Let's go to Matthew chapter 14. and We see this interaction between Jesus and Peter. In Matthew chapter 14, uh, Jesus sends the disciples out on the boat. And as he sends them out on the boat, a storm hits, right? And shortly before dawn, 
Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Now, I love the fact he didn't say it is Jesus. Like, we know it's you, but who is you? Anyways, that's how I read my Bible. Y'all do whatever you want. I'm like, Jesus, I need more clarity. Who are you? No, okay, all right. Don't be afraid. Peter replied, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out to you on the water. And Jesus says, come. And many of you know the story. Peter steps out of the boat because in that moment, he had to trust the God in the storm that was bigger than the storm, more than he trusted the comfortability of his own faithfulness in the boat. And hear me, you need someone that's going to call you out of the boat. What is boat? boat? The boat in your life is comfortability. The boat is convenience. The boat is, I'm good right here. And you know what? I would rather not make any progress for God because the enemy's not challenging me right here. I'd rather live here in my comfort than make progress and risk it getting any worse in my life. So let me stay here rather than making progress for God because I don't trust God with what it might turn into down the road. But Peter is sitting in the boat and he's saying, there's God and I don't care how bad things are around me. If God's over there, I want to be over there. And so he says, if it's you, call me out of the boat. And he says, he says, get out of the boat. And so Peter steps out on the water and he steps out on the water. And I can only imagine, can you imagine for a second, this is the water you swim in. And you're like, now this is crazy. <laughs> y'all don't read y'all's Bible like this? This is how I read my, Peter said, they're like, now this is wild. And so he starts walking. He's walking on the water. Oh, my gosh. And I, if it were me, y'all got to help me out for a second. Give me, give me grace. I would be selling out to all of them on the boat. Bunch of cowards. Walking on the water. Uh-huh. Stay in the boat. Y'all ain't ready for this. And so he's, he's walking, walking on the water. As he's walking on the water, right, but, but all of a sudden, the possibility of what might go wrong overwhelms what is currently going right. I'm going to say it again. The possibility of what might go wrong overwhelms what's currently going right. Because even though he's standing on water, he still starts to lose faith in the fact that God is God. He starts looking around. You know, these waves and this rain and this thunder and automatically the size of the storm starts to diminish the size of God standing right in front of him. But more importantly, the size of the storm starts to diminish the fact that God is working a miracle under his feet. And we think about Peter and go, what an idiot. That may not be the language you use, but that's, well, I can't believe this. He's not trusting Jesus right now. Look, he's walking on water. But how many of us are standing right in the middle of the miracle God gave us three months ago, not knowing if he's going to provide another one tomorrow? God, I know you got me here, but I don't know if you're going to. Listen, if you are standing on a miracle today, trust in the miracle for tomorrow. The fact that you are where you are is a testament that you can continue to walk on the waters of life where God remains faithful to carry you to the next thing. And so what is Peter doing? He's walking on water. He starts to sink. 
But hear me, we need someone that's going to call us out of the boat, but we don't just need someone that's going to call us out of the boat. But when we do start to sink, you need someone that reaches out with a hand to catch you. You need someone saying, hey, you need to trust in God. Hey, be faithful. Hey, get out of the boat. Hey, get out of your comfortability. Hey, don't worry about being convenient in your faith. Be bold in your faith. You need someone that's calling you to those spaces in your life. But as you do that and as things get hard and as you start to lose confidence in God and as you start to sink into the problems of your life, you also need someone right there to reach out and grab a hand and say, I'm not going to let you sink, man. Come on, get back up. How many of us have ever needed a text message or a phone call we didn't even know where it was going to come from. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, someone called us. How many of us ever needed, like we didn't even know where the next meal was going to come from. And somebody came up, shook our hands with $20 in it and said, hey, I just feel like God told me to give this to you. Right? How many of us have ever been lonely and someone knocked on our door and because it's 2023, we didn't answer it? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. I know I'm talking about. 20 years ago, they're like, put a pie in the oven. Someone's here, right? 2023, we're like, turn the lights off. Everyone, be quiet. You're looking out the hole in the blinds. You didn't even lower the blinds. You're looking at a tiny little hole. Like, who's out there, bro? Who's out there? Right? I don't know what changed. Anyway, like, but we've all needed someone in our life to show up in the moments where we were desperate for someone to show up in our life. Why? Because you're going to need someone to reach out and catch you. Listen, when you feel like you're sinking and you're drowning and you feel like there's nothing. Listen, you're going to need someone to catch you. You're going to need someone to hold you. You're going to need someone to grab you, yank you out of the problems and say, hey, listen, I'm not telling you the storm's changing right now. I'm just telling you that we'll stand in the storm together. I'm not telling you that everything's just going to become picture perfect. I'm just telling you, as long as it's difficult, you'll have someone standing next to you while you go through it. You need someone that's like that. Matthew 14, 29 through 31, you, you, you know the passage, most of you, but then Peter got down on the boat, walked on the water, right? What does it say? He walked, walked on the water, came toward Jesus, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and he caught him. And that's what we need in our lives. We need someone that's gonna do that. And keep in mind, Jesus is all of these things for us. But like we talked about earlier with Paul, sometimes we need to be able to see someone else do it because we need imitate me as I imitate Christ in our lives. And so we, we don't just need Jesus to do this for us. We need people to be there to do it for us. But one of the biggest reasons why this is so important, and I think this, I think this is really necessary for us to understand in our faith journey, because I, I do feel like far too many people their faith journey is very selfish. Now, I'm not necessarily saying this about you as much as I'm just saying it to you and letting you assess whether or not the Holy Spirit points the mirror back. But I believe our faith journey is very selfish because all we're worried about doing is just making it. I'm just trying to make it. I'm just trying to make it. I'm just trying to make it. But our faith journey has never supposed to have been about surviving. It's supposed to have been about thriving. And the reason why you need all of these people in your life is because you need to see what it looks like so that you can do it for someone else. I'll put it to you this way. You need to receive this so that you can be this for someone else. 
You need to receive grace for someone because listen to me, you're going to need to give grace to someone. You need to have someone praying for you because you need to be praying for someone else. Right? You, you need someone calling you out of the boat because you need to be calling someone else out of their boat. And you need someone giving you a hand because you need to be there giving someone else a hand. You need to be able to tell someone else, imitate me as I imitate Christ. The same way someone told you, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Can I give you a word for that? It's called discipleship. That's what it means to pursue with discipleship, Jesus together. That's why community matters. The problem is oftentimes we don't have what I call the relational equity to go on this kind of journey together. Because has anyone ever tried to call you out on your stuff and you weren't friends with them? And you hit them back with a mind your business? You know what I mean? Like, hey, what, what you ought to do is, but how about you take your what you ought to do somewhere else? Don't look at me like that. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of y'all are like, oh, no, don't, stop. All right? Relational equity gives people the ability to speak into your life. And we all know what it feels like for someone to give you information that probably is right, but because they don't have the relational equity, you don't receive it kind of like on Facebook or Instagram. Someone swoops in and is like, hey, just do this. And you're like, never met you before. Go away. <laughs> they could be right, but I don't want to hear it from them. And here's the biggest reason why. And it's the old saying, but I still think that it rings true. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. We have to be invested into relationships with people if we're going to speak into people's lives. Information doesn't inspire right? But as we engage emotionally and relationally, we can do that. So how do I do that? It's a big question. All right, Brad, I hear you. Engage relationally. How do I do that? Because people get on my nerves. Respect. Yeah. Right? Like people sometimes can be obnoxious. Am I right? Here at TC, we have a saying, People are stupid. <laughs> Don't judge me. You know it's true. We, now we say that. We say that as a way of diminishing our expectations of others. Listen, every friend I have is going to do something stupid and it will eventually offend me. If I know it ahead of time, I can just be emotionally prepared so that when they do that, I'm like, that makes sense. I live free. Y'all do what you want. That's just the way I live my life, all right? So here's, here's the step for you, though. You ready? How do I do it, Brad? How, how do I connect with people? How, how, how do I do this? Are you ready? Choose to love them anyway. Choose to love them anyway. My neighbor gets on my nerves. My, my boss does this. My coworker does this. Love them anyway. That person did this to me. They hurt me. Love them anyway. That they crossed me, they didn't, they they let me down. Love them anyway. My neighbor plays music at two o'clock in the morning on his back porch. Call the cops. 
because I'm not having it. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to love you with blue lights going. Anyway, no, sorry, sorry. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Snitches get stitches, man. Calm down. So anyway, so <sighs> love them anyway. The people that hurt you in your life, we have to laugh at this because this is a hard pill to swallow. Love them anyway. I know they hurt you. I know you, they let you down. I know that they may not have made the best decision. And I know that, and for some of them, they were narcissistic manipulators and they hurt you. Love them anyway. Because you never know when God uses your grace, your prayer, your communication, and your willingness to catch their hand as the very means by which they connect to God. God wants to connect with people, but God usually connects to people through people. That's why Romans 10 says, beautiful are the feet of those that carry the good news because he wants to use us as a means to help others connect to him. And so that's my invitation to you. Love him anyways, because you never know how God will use you. Amen. As a church, we're getting ready to step into a new season where we're gonna do this in an even greater way. And for those of you that are new here at TC, give me just a moment. I, I wanna kind of speak to you, but to our TC people for just a second, because next week we're going into three services, you guys. So we are so, we are so pumped about that. And so 8.30, 10, 11.30 is our new service time starting next week. So if you show up at, you show up at 10.30, you can be like, what's going on? I feel like I'm late. You are, you're late, it's all right. So for some of you, don't adjust your time. Show up at the time you usually do, which is 11, and you'll be 30 minutes early. If you know, I'm just going, all right, so, no. Like, but we're, we're going into three services, but this is why. Are you ready? Because pe more people need to meet Jesus. And God is doing something here at Transformation Church that we're so excited for. I'm honored as the pastor of this church to look around and see how God is bringing hope and joy and peace into people's lives that's been looking for it in a lot of places. But he wants to do it in more people's lives. And so here's, a, here's one thing we need you to do. All right, TC folks, if, if, if you'll just hear me for a second. And even if you're new, you can hear me as well. I, I, I want everyone to hear this. Listen, are you ready? Someone needs your seat. So I wanna encourage you, especially the large majority of people that are far from God are gonna choose the 10 o'clock service, which means we need a number of seats in that 10 o'clock service, all right? So I'm asking as many of you as possible to move to either the 8.30 service or the 11.30 service to sit in because we need to make room. All right, because listen, lost people are finding God and God is finding lost people, right? And so we want as much of that to be possible. But the second thing, are you ready? And this is something I just wanna speak from my heart. We don't use this language often, but going into three services, I'm gonna use it this time. We don't just need your seat, we also need you to serve. Because someone needs you to serve. Someone needs your seat, because they need to hear the gospel. But someone needs you to serve because they need to experience the gospel through you. And so if you call TC home and you have yet to get plugged into serving, or if you've kind of delayed that, this might be the time God is calling you and asking you to say yes. And if you're ready to connect to that, next steps happens at 12 o'clock in the next steps room down the hall. All you gotta do, just go down there. Pastor Rick and the team will take care of getting you connected. But some of you, you've disconnected because it's just kind of been a season where you need to disconnect. That's fine, no judgment. But now we're stepping into a season where it's like, hey, let's re-engage that. God wants to use your life to accomplish great things. And so as a church, we're about to do what I just told, asked you to do individually. We're gonna make space 
We're going into three services. God's going to wreck this place three times a Sunday instead of just twice. <laughs> right? And so, and as he does it, yeah, as he does it, our only hope, I don't care about a big church. I care about big people. And I don't mean big as in like you ate. Too. Anyway, okay, so I just want to make sure we're clear. Um, I care about big, literally it's, on our, it's going on our walls and our, and our staff offices. We're not here to build a big church. We're here to build big people. And if we build a big people, if we build big people, God will build a big church. That's totally up to him. I just want to make as much room as possible to impact as many people as possible with the good news that Jesus died to save people that are far from him and experience an eternity in heaven. And that's our goal. Let's do it together. Amen. All right, guys. Hey, listen, let's bow our heads and pray today. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are for us so much. You extend grace to us. You pray for us. You call us out of the boat. You, you reach out your hand and you catch us. But ultimately, God, you, be the, you are those things so that we can be reminded to be those things for someone else. So God, for every person that is here today that has struggled with connecting in relationships, I pray that you tear those walls down. For those that have pushed away vulnerability for the sake of self-protection, I pray that you show them that there are people that want to connect with them and help them step into a new step a new place in their Christian journey. But also, God, I pray that you help show us that there is a fullness, there is a hope, there's peace and there's joy in everything that you do in our lives. Help us continue to know you and connect with people better. And even when people let us down, even when people hurt us, help us love them anyway. Because that's what it means to be like Christ. We thank you today and we love you. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and your eyes closed today, if you're here and you say, yeah, Brad, I, I, I do need people in my life like that and I do need to connect with God like that, but if I were honest with you, I'm having a hard time because I, I wouldn't say that I'm saved. I, I wouldn't say that I'm a Christian because I don't know Jesus. I know about God maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm not saved, but I feel this tugging on me inside of my heart right now that, that God does he wants to save me. He wants me to know him. And today I'm ready to make that step. And if that's you, the good news of the gospel is that even though all of us have sinned, Jesus died to pay the price for our sins. And if you want to be saved, all it takes is faith on your part. Your faith in Jesus that when he died on the cross, he did pay for your sins. And I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me that speaks out loud what we're believing in our heart, that Jesus is saving us. And so if you're ready to pray that, the whole church will pray with you if you're not praying by yourself. Let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me pure and make me whole. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start and I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that prayed that perhaps for the first time. Celebrate with you. That's awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. 
more information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. MyTC.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.